Strengths of UC teams in the past are once again strengths this year. And if that's the case, year one in the Big 12 is going to be a success. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, including if you watch us on YouTube. So don't forget and hit that subscribe button and follow us to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode up to 783 subscribers and counting on this Thursday, May 25th. I'm Alex Frank, Locked On Bearcats host each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, 100 days away exactly from the Bearcats season opener against Eastern Kentucky. And that'll be, of course, Saturday, September 2nd at historic Nippon Stadium. And the key thing to remember this season is that the Cincinnati Bearcats strengths that have been strengths in the past still remain. What's been the driving force behind 14 bowl games in 17 years? Defensive line and running back. And it's interesting to think about this. When the Bearcats rebuilt themselves under Luke Fickle in 2018, what were the two biggest positions of strength that year? Their defensive line and Michael Warren, the truck, running over opposing defenses week after week. That's what got the Bearcats back on the map, and that is ultimately what led to their success the next three seasons, culminating in a college football playoff berth. You can say their secondary was a strength, but that was also the anchoring of the defense. What drove the defense was their ability to get after the quarterback, stop the run, run the football, and wear teams down physically. That is what got the Bearcats on the map, and that is what is going to hopefully keep them there as they make the transition, excuse me for my allergies, as they make the transition into the Big 12. And you go back to that 2018 season. It wasn't like you knew Michael Warren was going to be good. He was he was not even the projected starter heading into the season. Ultimately, he became that when Jared Dokes missed 2018 due to an injury. And then he runs for over 200 yards combined in in the first two games of the season. So we knew that, and then we knew slowly and then gradually the defensive line was absolutely the anger of that team. Kamani Fitz, Michael Pitts, Cortez Broughton, Marquise Copeland. All those guys were huge contributors to a very, very successful Bearcats team. A very successful team. And ultimately, what got them back into a bowl game for the first time in three years, and what has led to their five straight bowl games recently, 14 in the last 17 years. Of Bearcat teams that have been successful in the past, they've been able to run the football with a bell cow running back, and they've been able to get after the quarterback and stop the run. Tough and nasty. Clifton styles exactly how the Cincinnati Bearcats have played football when they're at their best in the last 17 years. That's what make that's what will make them competitive 
this year in the Big 12. It's what will ultimately get them back to the Big 12 championship this year. Now, let's look at weaknesses. Offensive line and wide receivers. We know those are the two positions that the Cincinnati Bearcats definitely need to. It's Those are two positions that we don't really know how they're going to be. Here's the good news, though. Only one of those positions has been a strength in previous years. Wide receiver got better in the Luke Fickle era, but it always felt like to me like it was a luxury, a supplement, where if the Bearcats had good wide receivers, then yes, they were going to be they were going to be even better than what they were projected. That doesn't mean I'm not concerned about the offensive line. I am concerned. None of these guys have played together. It's going to be a completely new look line. I worry about them being able to block for Emory Jones, protect him. Even though Jones can run and make plays off script, you still have to protect your quarterback. Can they run block better than they did last year? That's my key question. Because when you watch the Bearcats last year, they just lost all their abilities to run the football up the middle. It was a struggle constantly. They struggled against ECU. They finally got it going against Temple and Tulane. But in the games prior to that, like against UCF, they couldn't run the football at all. They couldn't run the football against Indiana. They struggled to run the football, and that is why last year, even though they won nine games, the offensive identity that has been the Bearcats' bread and butter for the last 17 years was not there. And then we go to the wide receivers. These can develop quickly. Not a huge emphasis on the opposing scouting reports of opposing teams because we don't know much about them. Neither do the opposing teams. A lot of them did perform well in the spring game, but I didn't see any egregious drop passes. And again, wide receivers always been one of those where if the Bearcats have great production, it's a supplement and a luxury as opposed to they need to be good in the running game. It's never been a necessity. All right. So I gave you the strengths. I gave you the weaknesses. So what's the overall state? Do we even conclusively know? Well, we'll get into that after I explain to you how this episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by Bird Dogs. All right, so I'm wearing Bird Dogs right now as I record this episode. Why? Well, because quite honestly, I look better and feel great when I wear them. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great. Nothing. I need that. And they're comfier than any shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date, or hanging out with friends. Now, if you don't believe me, well, here's some examples. So Brett Kreischer, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Well, he wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs. He goes for a swim, smokes a cigar like Joe Burrow, grills burgers, and chills with his family. All on the shorts he associates with the summer bird dogs. Dave Portnoy, well, he does pizza reviews wearing bird dogs, and talks about how he hates the pizza. Why would you do that? But his legs look great in bird dogs. So so go to birddogs.com slash college and when you enter promo code college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's bird dogs. All right, thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. On tomorrow's show, Neil Meyer of the Front Office News going to join me to discuss the Bearcats' groundbreaking ceremony on their new practice and performance facility. We'll talk about the Jordan brand unis. We'll talk about 
what I saw at the day one tour, because Neil and I have not talked since. And, of course, Aziz Vandego and his pursuit of obtaining a mental health waiver that will allow him to play this season. So, the Cincinnati Bearcats, overall state of the roster. And I have probably said this several times this offseason, but I'm going to reiterate it again. And it's not just coming from me. This is the same sentiment that Dan Hoard told me at the spring game and what he believes is Bearcats team. The defense and the transfers will be the reason why this team wins this season. It's why the Bearcats have been so aggressive in the transfer portal, because they needed guys at key positions. They lost essentially their whole offensive line. They lost their entire receiving core. They lost some members to their secondary. They even lost Jaheim Thomas in the transfer portal, which I think is kind of still a loss, even though it might be a gain at the same time. So the Bearcats also need a, a quarterback. They got that in Emory Jones. But if the if the Bearcats are going to be successful this year, which, I mean, we can define success in multiple ways for all Bearcat fans. But for success for me, which is going to a bowl game, the defense is going to have to play rock solid every week, probably beyond that. And the transfers are going to have to hit on every single level. I'm talking about DJ Taylor. I'm talking about Emory Jones. I'm talking about Dorian Jones. I'm talking about DeAndre Buford. I'm talking about Luke Kendra. Any other of the offensive line, the offensive linemen who have transferred, Philip Wilder, Trevor Radosevich. I'm talking about any offensive lineman that has transferred into the program. D'Artagnan Tinsley, who transferred in last year, but still has not played. If the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to have success, it's going to be up to those two units. The good news is this. The defensive line returns everybody. Dante Corleone, Jawan Briggs, and Malik Van. And the blessing in disguise that last year's season brought was Malik Van was hurt, but that allowed guys like Corleone and Jawan Briggs to develop and get better. They're going to be featured more heavily and more prevalently on, if that's a word, on opposing team scouting reports. But what that is going to do is it's going to give the Cincinnati Bearcats a really, really good depth at their at a very key position. So we look at the Cincinnati Bearcats. Their linebackers are solid. Their secondary is a bunch of new guys. Their transfers are intriguing. They can help make an impact. That's the overall state. But the key transfers, Emory Jones, DJ Taylor, Donovan Ali, the offensive line transfers, D'Artagnan Tinsley, Trevor Radosevich, Luke Kendra, Philip Wilder, running the ball will be this offense's bread and butter. It better be. Because I'm going to be honest with you. This offense still has no identity of wide receiver. Emory Jones is not a prolific passer. They have some good running backs on the roster. By the way, Emory Jones did throw for 464 yards one game against Samford. Uh, Samford ran up 52 points in that game. Florida ran up 70. What else did you expect? They have good. They have some good running backs on the roster, the Bearcats. They really do. Guys who I think just need the right scheme to succeed. Corey Kiner did not have a great O-line last year to run the football. Ryan Montgomery did not have a great running back to run up the middle, had to bounce outside every time he had success running the football. You're not going to have to go through that way this year. So the overall state of the roster is, I do think it's better than what some of you may skeptical still, that's understandable. Look, this is an uncertain time. For as much as there is an... And this goes... Look, I, I've experienced this 
There's also some uncertainty. That's okay. We don't know what the Bearcats are going to do, how they're going to do this year. I can tell you what I think. Right now, I'd say seven and five, eight and four is reasonable. Anything beyond that, great. Six and six, eh, underwhelming. I come away from that with like, okay, got to a bowl game, meh, that's it. But like, if you want to build off a seven and five, if you want to build off of this year in 2024, seven and five, eight and four will do that for you. Now, what is interesting to me is, and it's going to be a gauntlet in football. The schedule is Oklahoma is going to be better. BYU is going to be good. And they're used to playing a tough schedule because they did so every year as an independent. West uh, UCF is going to be tough. They were a great team last year. So my point to you is, yes, it's going to be tough. But the roster is not in bad shape. If any of you out there think the Bearcats are going to get are going to get run over in the Big Twelve, they and they could. I'm not saying they could. I I said worst case scenario is you're three and nine, and you only win one game in the Big Twelve. Could that happen? Yeah. Would I be shocked? Yes. Is that just the optimist in me? That's subject to your own opinion. I'm saying, given what I've seen and given what this roster has, given what this university has as far as resources for the football program, if this had been 2017. I probably would say, yeah, they're going to have a down season. And by down season then, I meant like four and eight. A down season now for Cincinnati, apparently we view it as nine and three. Apparently we view nine and three as a down season. (laughs) If that's the case, we got a pretty good life as as Bearcats fans. All right, coming up. So this might be the best thing for the Cincinnati Bearcats going into the Big 12 in basketball. The fact that there's no that there's nowhere to hide. That might be a good thing for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I will explain next here on Locked On Bearcats. I find it so interesting. When I look at the comments on YouTube videos that I post, for instance, I, I, I check Tuesdays. And on my day off yesterday, it allowed me to think about how I wanted to respond to this comment that was made to me by one of you. And someone said, Houston battle-tested. They've been there, done that for the past nine years. It's actually not true. Here's the thing about the Cincinnati Bearcats going in the Big 12. They, they are now like just everybody else. And if you look at Big 12 teams, and, you, and and I was stunned when I went through this. I looked through every Big 12 team from last year and their schedules and how they fared in the in Big 12 playing basketball. So, for example, Baylor, who we think is really good every season. Well, Baylor, did you know that Baylor lost their first three conference games in the Big 12? That's right. I said it. Their first three conference games. Oh, and three. Oh, my gosh. Well, then they won six. In a row. But they finished with this. Lost two, one, two, lost two. Two and four. That's called inconsistency. Iowa State. Iowa State was so streaky, they had a four-game winning streak and a four-game losing streak in the same conference season. How about that? Kansas won seven in a row. Kansas State had two four-game winning streaks. Oklahoma, their longest losing streak was four, despite not having a great season. 
Oklahoma State won five, then lost five. That's how wild that that's how wild the Big 12 is going to be. TCU at one point lost four in a row. Well, they still were a sixth seed in the tournament and nearly took down Gonzaga. Texas won four in a row. That wasn't until the end of the season. Texas Tech lost eight in a row, then won four. And all of a sudden they were playing their way back into the tournament conversation. West Virginia lost five and one, lost five and three in a row at points in the season and still made the tournament. The point is this. It's going to be a season of streaks. Just make sure there's more winning streaks than losing streaks. I mean, that I mean that might sound so cliche, but it's true at the same time. Now, going back to that point, the, the, the thing, and, and Russ and I brought this up on Tuesday, is that every team is on the level playing field of they're in this, they're on the same playing field of the gauntlet that you're gonna have to run through in the Big 12. And to, to the point that Houston's been doing this for the last nine years. Uh, first off, no, they have not. They've only been good for the last six years, really five. There was a there wasn't a tournament in twenty twenty. But if you go through, it, okay, so so you know what? This is what I do. You bring up something. I'm going to look at the numbers and see if you're correct or if I need to prove you wrong. So, and even my mom agrees with me. She's listening to this show right now. So, the Cincinnati Bear. So the Houston Cougars. All right, Houston Cougars list of seasons. Let's try this. All right, so the Houston Cougars. The Houston Cougars, I, I couldn't read that. I, I was just showing something. I need, I need to see what this says. I, I, need, I need to see this. Thank them for commenting. All right. Thank you, thank you to whoever said this comment for you for commenting on this because this this gives me content, which I'm told June and July are the hardest months. I think they're April and May, but that's subject to one's own opinion. It smells really good in here, by the way. Um, I think it's the Montgomery and pulled pork that I'm about to eat. So the Houston Cougars under Kelvin Sampson in the last nine seasons. <clears throat> 13 and 19, 4 and 14. Didn't even make didn't even qualify for a postseason tournament. 22 and 10, 12 and 6. First round of the NIT. 21 and 11, 12 and 6. First round of the NIT. Then they go 27 and 8, 14 and 4. 33 and 4, 16 and 2. 23 and 8, 13 and 5. 28 and 4, 14 and 3. 32 and 6, 15 and 3. 33 and 4, 17 and 1. So, my point is this. The Cougars, yes, have had a great six-year run. Only one Final Four. Yeah, they've been in the Sweet 16 four years in a row and should have probably been in five had, had uh, I, I said thumbs up to having buns with the pole pork tonight. Um, yes, they should have been in the Sweet 16 2018, but they couldn't make a free throw, and Jordan Poole made a miraculous three for Michigan, one of the best endings I've seen in recent NCAA tournament history. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Houston Cougars, my rebuttal is that they've peaked. They have peaked now, maybe. And by the way, the reason why they won, that they've been so good over the last few seasons is UConn's left the American, the Bearcats have been in the rebuild. The Bearcats are now on the upswing in that rebuild. UConn's out of the American. Perhaps Houston 
is going to face more pressure because they have they have a tough transition and expectations. As for the Bearcats, they've been playing they've been playing uphill for the last few seasons. Maybe that's an advantage for them, and they're used to it. All right. What a great time to be a Bearcats fan. Groundbreaking ceremony on Tuesday for the new practice facility and performance center. Going to be used by all 18 teams. Desmond Ritter throwing out the first pitch of the Braves game last weekend. Was also on Good Morning Football earlier this week. Just incredible stuff happening with the University of Cincinnati. On tomorrow's show, Neil Meyer of the Front Office News joining me to discuss Aziz Vandego. We're going to discuss the groundbreaking ceremony that he was at on Tuesday. We're going to discuss... We're going to discuss the shape of the football roster as we head into the true part of the offseason. 121 days from now, the Bearcats will play their first Big 12 conference game against Oklahoma. Just 108 days away until the Bengals and Browns. 123 days until the Bengals and Rams. And 221 days until the Bengals and the Chiefs. That's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 92 ends and an ATI Instagram. Alex Frank at underscore email, Alex Frank at gmail.com. Neil Meyer on tomorrow's show from the front office news. Until then, have a great rest of your Thursday. Back tomorrow, you're Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.